Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in another Beneplan podcast. My name is Safian Sheikh and I'm joined by Evelyn Mitskopoulos. Evelyn, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Oh, hi everybody. Hope you're having a good day. <laughs> do you want to tell us what's your role here at Beneplan? I'm the client service representative. So today we're going to talk about the topic regarding uh, most common areas that insurance can make exceptions to overturn rejected health claims. Sounds like a mouthful. It is. <laughs> All right. So let's get right into it. Can you define what does exceptions mean in insurance terms? So exceptions are, I'll give an example. There might be a drug claim and that drug claim under the policy plan will not go through. So it, it'll be rejected. It doesn't meet the uh, qualifications to be covered under the plan. So, but then the owner comes to us and said, really, how come? Then I give an explanation of why, how it was adjudicated. Was it adjudicated properly or not by the insurer? If it was, these are the reasons why it wasn't covered. But then they want to extend the policy a little further and help out. Um, or they, Sometimes they just think it's unjust and they don't agree with it. And you know, there's an understanding there sometimes that that could be valid. And oftentimes it's not. We have to educate them about the policy itself. But even if we say, okay, um, we can still you know, do an exception, that means we'll look at that claim we'll see how it fits into the policy or not, and then we'll make a determination based on many different factors, and I'll talk about those factors, of how we can get this, for example, a $500 drug claim through, get it paid. Talk to me about some of the exceptions that can be made. Well, exceptions are varied. Everyone is different, and so we have to look at each one with a fresh pair of eyes. So there is no exception that is created equally, and that's why it's important to assess them as they come up. So the term exception is just as it sounds. It is a claim that comes forward where the, either the owner or a broker will say, please do an exception for this claim. And that means over and above the health policy, health, uh, the current plan that the employer has. And why do we even entertain that? Because we understand that there are unique situations sometimes that the plan itself can't pay for, but we can make an exception um, if it's a valid claim. And we can talk about what that means in a little bit. Are there any limits to these exceptions? Yes, there's always limits. So we generally like to keep the exceptions around $500, maybe to $1,000. Um, obviously, claims can go extremely high. If we start getting into realms of dollar sums bigger than that, then there's no point to even have a policy in place. So um, we've got to control spending on plans and we have to realize that in order to do that, employees have to follow the plan as well as the employer to stay within the perimeters, otherwise it can be out of control. At the end of the year, the premiums become too high and possibly unaffordable for the employer. So uh, we will look at the exception, but we keep them around 500 to a thousand dollars depending on what that claim is and that's usually the price range I'm guessing it can be anywhere It could be a hundred dollars. Somebody could ask for it could be a thousand dollars They could ask for five thousand, but we would say no right away oh, Okay, but we would entertain possibly looking at something up to 500 or even possibly a thousand dollars but that depends also on what group we're talking about are they in a surplus position or are they not? Because if they're not in a surplus position, why would we give an exception? Because then we're actually going to affect the rest of the cooperative 
meaning the rest of the groups that we have under the cooperative, and that would not be um, the way we'd want to run our cooperative. The other groups would be upset about that. So we have to be very mindful each and every time. Is it a valid claim? And I'll talk in a bit about what a valid claim is. And how will it not only affect that company that's asking for it, but how will it affect the other companies that we have, the other groups in our cooperative? Okay, so let's talk about the main question now. When can insurers make exceptions? They can make exceptions. We have the ability to approach the insurer. So as a third-party administrator, we can approach the insurer, ask for a particular claim to have an exception. But I wouldn't even ask them unless certain uh, criteria is met. And I'll give you some of the criteria. For example, I already talked about it a little earlier, is that group in a, in a deficit or a surplus? So mm -hmm. that's one of the things I would look at. But before I'd even go there, I would find out why do they need this exception? Is the controller or the decision maker asking me for this? Or is it someone within the group who really doesn't have the authority to even ask me for this? Because at the end of the day, the owner is still paying for it. So we have to be mindful of their dollars. Mm -hmm. So I would look at that to begin with. Then I would find out, was the claim, the claim actually adjudicated properly by the insurer or not? If it wasn't adjudicated properly, then I'd go first to the insurer and say, hey, what's going on here? Let's talk about that. If it was adjudicated properly, then I would say, okay, you know what? This may have some basis to have an exception be done to it. But then I would still see, are we asking for an exception because it was a drug that we had with a prior carrier? If, they, if the prior carrier covered it, then we can actually, instead of doing an exception, we can actually have it grandfathered. And again, what is grandfathering? That is saying the prior carrier had actually covered this particular drug, and since we tried to match the drug equally when they came on board with us, we will now grandfather it and keep that drug moving forward and have it covered under the policy. That will not be considered an exception. Sometimes people think that's an exception. So this is where I'm going to think outside of the box for the employer and say, no, no, we can grandfather it. We don't have to do an, ex an exception. So we'll change it that way as well. Um, we'll also decide if, um, and then I didn't need proof. By the way, even if we grandfather, we don't just automatically uh, rubber stamp that. I would have to have them prove it. The employee would have to prove that it actually was a covered benefit before and they would have to give me uh, a receipt that showed the prior carrier did that. So everything gets validated. We don't just take it at word of mouth. We do have to have some documentation that will back it up. But at that point in time, then we'll say, is this something that's going to happen often? If it is, then we might have to readdress your policy, or will we now put it on a, make it a cost plus claim and not make it an exception? Because if there's a frequency to this type of thing, we have to look at your plan again. If it's a one-up, which is the reason why we use exceptions, it really should be for a rare one-up time of a claim, then we can, we can validate it at that point in time. Now let's say we've now met all of the other conditions that we talked about. I would still go to the employer and say, okay, we can make this exception, but understand this. The minute I give you this exception for this employee, other employees will also find out that they receive an exception. Oh, so it's like public knowledge? Well, the employees or talk like to each other. Okay, okay. So we have to appreciate that there's going to be discussions, internal discussions within your company. And so then they'll, and now another employee has a claim that didn't go through. And they'll say, well, you know, John told me he got his claim through with an exception. What about my claim? Yeah. And believe me, this happens. We've seen this happen time and time again. 
Now, where do you pull in the reins? Mm -hmm. Now, you don't want to show favoritism to an employee because that's a discrimination matter. So you don't want to get involved in that, but you want to be able to help them. So that's why you have to be very careful of when you are going to say yes to an exception or not. And it's our place to educate them. And at the end of the day, if all of these questions come up with a yes, then we will ask for an exception. If we get the odd no in there, we'll have to pull back and see if we still want to do it. But can you talk to your employees and ask them not to share it with their colleagues or their peers? You, you certainly can, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Okay. What if you get that in writing? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Firstly, you can't ask somebody to do that. Okay. Okay. You should never ask someone to do that because uh -huh. then it's another human rights issue again. Mm -hmm. But you also have to respect the fact that, you know, you if you are doing it, you could look at it almost as a special favor. If you are giving a special favor or an exception to one employee, why are you not doing it to another employee? Because all employees should be created equal. So it's a slippery slope. Now. Is it validated at times? Absolutely. But it's my job to educate that employer when it's a valid exception and when it is not. And I will give you an example. Sometimes just the employers themselves will ask if they can have an exception to a plan because at the end of the day they are also the one paying for the plan. So I do understand that and again we will look at it and see the validity of it but I would still have that same conversation with them because they still have to keep their own employees and the rest of the plan um, above board so everybody knows that we're handling it and managing it correctly. Yeah, but the same can be said about salaries though, right? Like let's say for example you're in the same role as, sorry, same role as your colleague, you two might be getting paid different amounts. You cannot discuss about it because that's like confidential and you know obviously you'll be stepping on your toes. Mm -hmm. But the same cannot be said about exceptions, is what you're saying. Well, no, it, it can't be said about that. I mean, you could somewhat equate it. Firstly, as you say, salaries are highly confidential. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, speaking to your question, people talk. Mm -hmm. And you can't stop people from having conversations. I see. And that, that's the reason why we have to be mindful each time we make an exception. Because, you know, if disclosure is made, then we have to find, make sure that we made it appropriately for each situation. And there are valid reasons to do it. But at the end of the day, the employer has to know that they're paying for it, that it still will show up on their claims experience, which in turn will also show up on their annual premiums, perhaps, if the claims experience go high. Mm -hmm. Which is the reason why we don't like to make exceptions too high as well. Mm -hmm. I see. Now, hold this like making exceptions sounds very complicated to me. So, making exception, is this a good idea? What are some of like, the pros and cons? Well, we had a, a perfect example not long ago with one of the companies that jumped in right away and uh, the HR just said, you've got to make an exception. I don't want to see you know, my employee jump through all these hoops. Um, we came on board, they were a relatively new client. Uh, they, their prior carrier um, basically paid for everything and they expected the same moving forward. So once again, a bit of education came into play where I said, we can change, we can even amend your policy to read whatever you want it to read. That's not the problem. The problem is you came to have some controls put into place. That's why you're our client. We're putting controls into place. If you're now, as soon as an employee comes to you and saying, I should just have this paid, and you're just telling me to make an exception each time, you have no controls. And so at the end of the year, you will see the same thing that happened to you with the prior insurer. No controls in place, and now your premiums are out of control. So that's why, again, 
part of my job, part of my role is to educate you and pull back in those reins and let you know what that ripple effect will be. So yes, it is complicated. So in this case, the, in, the client still wanted to have it paid. And we did, we went and had it paid. But the problem was we only pay according to what this policy pays. The employee decided that wasn't enough and they wanted more. So then it became an issue about now satisfying this employee. So this employee asked for more and I explained to them, I, regardless if I'm making an exception, I still can't go over and above what your plan design is. Mm -hmm. So we opened up another can of worms by making an exception here. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as simple now of just that claim. They wanted even more than the policy had to offer. Wow. So again, now the HR realized afterwards that that probably wasn't the best route to make and they said they were, they're not going to go there again. Mm -hmm. But that took two weeks to clean up and actually ended up with more dissatisfaction by their employees instead of just saying, no, we're not going to do the exception. Yeah, yeah, right, you're correct because it creates confusion. That's right. Wow. And entitlement, by the way. Oh, yeah, of course. So can anyone make an exception? Within our firm? Yeah, like can any employee make an exception? Oh, can any, any of our clients' employees make yeah. exceptions? Yeah. It always has to come from an owner or a, you know, an authority, assigning authority within that organization, a controller. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we have to make sure that the appropriate people are asking for the exceptions. Then they would come to me and I would make that evaluation and have that discussion about if it's an appropriate exception to be made or not. Mm -hmm. The other problem is oftentimes, even if we've now made the exception, they take time. So people believe just because they asked me to make the exception and I say okay, that tomorrow they've got the money in their bank account. Actually going this route takes much longer because the insurers also have different departments that they have to bypass and they take some time. And So now we're talking a week to two weeks to make an exception actually get paid. Then the, the client and the employee becomes frustrated with waiting for the money. So oftentimes what I tell them is, no, look, let's try to get it through on the plan first. You have a plan for a reason, but understand that if we do make this exception, the money will not be in your hands tomorrow. It's going to still be a process. It's going to be even a longer process. And that's, that can lead to some frustrations as well. But again, we have to let them know as long as we educate them and they have the proper expectations, we can eliminate some of the frustrations. I see. Well, Evelyn, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk about this very difficult topic. All your insights were deeply appreciated. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Uh, for everyone listening or tuning into our podcast right now, if you'd like us to cover any specific topics, please be sure to drop us an email on ea at beneplan.ca. You can check us out on our social channels in the meantime, which is on Facebook as Beneplan Cooperative, on Twitter as Beneplan, and on Instagram as Beneplan.ca. This is Sofian signing out, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you.